0: That time again for the assault on your ears we call Lord Dorks, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I'm Aaron, and with me is Stavros. So, Stavros, I demand you explain what we're drinking right now.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I mean, demanded. Um, but today we are drinking Screwball. Uh, that's spelled S K R E W Ball. It is a peanut butter whiskey. And we're back on the whiskey train, I see. But, you know, I've been nursing this whiskey for a few minutes now and I have to say it is quite delicious it, uh, it's it's very peanut buttery um, and very smooth uh, no complaints for me yes
0: indeed it's probably the smoothest whiskey I've ever tasted a bit too sweet for my usual preference but the flavor mm. is fantastic makes a great mixer throw it in with say some uh, jelly liqueur or a uh, nice root beer and it tastes great but even ice cold Ooh. just by itself, it comes across fantastic.
1: Yes, indeed. Well, shall we talk about this episode?
0: Um, You know what, let's just talk about the alcohol some more. I feel like this episode was a waste of time.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what this podcast is for.
0: So tonight, we're watching episode four of season two, Mugatu Gumatu. Reference to the troubles that they had with the nomenclature of the gorilla horned aliens uh, in TOS
1: yes indeed and I've also heard that this is a reference to tomato tomato which is another another swing at the pr- pronunciation issues with Mugato.
0: yes uh, tomato tomato the uh, famous quote to reference people who pronounce things correctly and people who pronounce them wrong
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're right with that but which one's right hmm Anyway, perhaps I should give a synopsis of this episode. Um, so when the Cerritos is called to a planet in order to track down some Mugatos slash Mugatos slash Gumatos, depending on how you like to pronounce them, um, an away team turns into a Boimler slash Rutherford duo adventure as they discover a Ferengi poaching operation and are forced to flee together, even away from Mariner, who they are convinced is a Starfleet intelligence black operative. Meanwhile, Tendi is assigned to complete physicals for reluctant crew members, ending with the most difficult patient of all, Dr. Ta'ana. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, as someone with doctors in the family, I, of course, know that doctors make the worst patients, so it comp- makes complete sense there.
0: Oh, rub it in that your family aren't all trash scavengers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are your family all trash scavengers?
0: Well, no, not all of them.
1: You know, some things you just learn from, you know, different people of different walks of life.
0: Yes, but I do want to point out something. <laughs> Definitely Denobulans.
1: Yes. Yeah, we talked about that in the trailer. Um, it was... They're so brief. They showed up so briefly in the trailer that I thought they might be Cardassians, but you were totally right. Denobulans. Um, they they do the puffer do face the thing puffer and everything. <laughs> it's
0: fantastic. Did not scare the Mugatu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so are they dead or... I mean, okay, do never, Debbie do Downer, immediately go to ghost-friendly <laughs> Denovulans. Must
0: be dead. You know, in my head canon, they got away and are now living a happy life as foragers on... What the heck was the name of this planet again? Frylon?
1: I think uh, Frylon 4, yes. Yes. <laughs> of course, the
0: question is, how did the Mugatu get there?
1: Yes, and I, I think that is something that uh, they don't they don't talk about at all because I believe in, um, in the... Uh, original series episode um a private little war they are on a planet called neural um and supposedly the mugatus mugatos gomatus <laughs> are uh are from uh that are native to that come planet. on man so pick a pronunciation and
0: stick with it <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what that actually brings me to the inaugural ad- instance of a brand new segment for this show that i have not passed by you at all and you know what it's called it's called damn it mike Damn it, Mike McMahon. You had one job. Star Trek canon was all in line. You know, of course, there was that instance where the original series cast couldn't pronounce the name of the of the alien. But here you are having Boimler saying things that it makes it completely canon that all of these different pronunciations of Mugato's are perfectly legitimate. And we did not need that. Everything was fine. Mugato's was the right way to pronounce it. I wish... Mike, please... Damn it, Mike! Just just let us have the one correct pronunciation. We could have fixed all of this with were saying, "You know, the one correct pronunciation is Mugato," and then we could have been fine. But no, here we are. Every single mispronunciation in this episode is now canon. But you know what the best. Why'd part? you do it? You
0: know what the best part about the mispronunciation is what? It's not that every character is choosing their own way to pronounce it. Shax pronounces it multiple different ways.
1: In the same scene. <laughs> yes! Ah. And per Boindler, all of them are now canon. So, Mike, please. Why'd you do this? You know, Why did you have it, to do this It, it to reminds
0: us? me of one of my favorite scenes from The Last Starfighter. Where the big bad villain has revealed himself. And you have uh, Centauri, Grig, and Alex all standing there. And Centauri's all like, Zerr. And Grig is all like, Zerr. And Alex is all like, and you're like damn it alex you just heard it pronounced twice universe is doomed somebody that dumb should not be in a fighter cockpit
1: <laughs> do they have to, does he have to know pronunciations in order to be a good fighter pilot though I, i'm not sure literally but no now we're stuck now we're stuck with all of these mispronunciations being canon and i'm not sure this dr canon need this I might lose my mind.
0: Well, you know what? I think for a uh, one-off monster of the week, uh, they can get away with pronouncing it however they like.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. But you know, the, the good thing about the Mugatos, and I'm going to stick with that pronunciation because... Damn it, Mike. But uh, apparently their their poop is tangy and tasty.
0: <sighs> yeah, Shaxx seemed to be enjoying it. But you know what? <laughs> People eat weird stuff. You never know. Maybe, uh alien horned monkey poop is fantastic tasting who am i to judge
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you know we do see a lot of uh different mugatos on this planet like we mentioned earlier they seem to not be indigenous to this planet so somebody at some point brought them over to front four from neural i at first i was a little it it seemed like they you know they're kind of uh, naturally, you know, kind of in the wild there, and the Ferengi have simply captured some of them to sell their horns and whatnot. Uh, I don't think the Ferengi have a, a monopoly on, on the Mugatos on this planet. They just happen to have captured some.
0: Could be. I mean, maybe they were, you know, repopulated there after their home world became inhospitable to them.
1: Yeah, that's another that's another option. But all I can say, though, uh, I, since we're talking about Mugatos, is I'm glad that there's that, sh- there's that shot where the parent mugato loses the baby to the ferengi and i was like i was watching this i was like damn it you better give that damn baby back and then sure enough right in the closing shot you see him get back i was like thank god i can keep watching this show
0: Ah, poor mugato baby
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know one thing i wanted to talk about that i kind of glossed over in the uh, summary is the fact that boimler and rutherford think mariner is a black ops agent uh, something that they get from the bartender uh, in uh, at the bar area on the Cerritos, yes. um, and you know, for a while, I was like, you know what, we're going to learn something about Mariner's background in this episode. But guess what? We don't because it's all complete lies.
0: Yes, of course. The real thing here is the mysterious bartender. You know, I feel <laughs> yes. like like that voice is something I've heard before, but I just I can't place the yeah. reference. And I love the fact yes. that the only reason people believe that is because he spreads any rumor you tell him.
1: <laughs> Honus is his name. Yes, Honus. I just rewatched the episode with the captions on, and his name is Honus. He's got he's got kind of a kind of like a vaguely I'm not sure maybe a, uh, Irish accent or some some kind of accent that makes him seem kind of like a wizened more like a wizened bartender. But then of course his manager yells at him. <laughs> but but um you know, like I and, and and they kind of play up the Mariner uh being scary as hell, especially when they she plays some Abu Jitsu with uh Rutherford and Boimler and like utterly beats the crap out of them. Like I was I wasn't sure what they were trying to, to, to show there. Like I mean, of course it's I guess it's hilarious to beat up your friends. Well, know. it's
0: funny because it starts with, you know, Rutherford and Boimler having been practicing and yes. they immediately get the upper hand on Mariner. And then yeah. when Mariner realizes she can take the kid gloves off she immediately turns around <laughs> and goes ape on them. Or yes. got to on them? Well, but <laughs> good choice of words. The best part is you'll notice that Boimler's injuries are the exact same injuries that him and Rutherford inflicted upon Boimler. Boiler, that him and Rutherford <laughs> inflicted upon Mariner.
1: Yes, although Mariner then takes it to the next level with the kid gloves off, it's like she breaks her stick and half and like stabs stabs people through their hands oh, and stuff god, like that. It's like, oh brutal, my god! Yes. <laughs> in fact, this episode in general much more blood and gore than what we've seen. It got pretty in, dark at times. The show. Pretty dark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that takes us to our uh, Aussie Tellarite Patigi. Who has read several books on Mugatos?
0: Yeah, Australian Tellerite. What the hell is that about?
1: <laughs> I was like, huh, are we gonna see more of this guy? No. no. <laughs> Head clean off. Yeah, but lots of blood. Yeah, there's pink there's blood. Mugato Blood, there's Mugato Blood, purple? there's Shaq's blood. Um, I'm not sure. Very, very similar shade. I'm not sure. It's one of those. Yeah. But every single every single you know, gosh, every there, there are like multiple instances of, of physical violence yeah. in this episode. Pretty brutal. Yeah. But you know, that brings us to the main focus of the episode, which is the Boimler-Rutherford team-up adventure, which I thought was amazing. Uh, we haven't really seen a lot of these characters together uh, in previous episodes. and I think we, we, we covered in one, in our preview episode that they were going to try and mix and match characters together. Yes. Um, and I think this is what we've seen for the Boimler-Rutherford one
0: although i feel like it's getting a little ham-fisted at this point it serves the story well of the how much do we really know about mariner but it's all like what's, yeah. what's going to happen next episode you know when tendy and <laughs> boimler have to team up
1: they will also learn something strange about rutherford and or mariner yeah
0: you know it turns out that the <laughs> reason rutherford is a cyborg is because he shaved a little too close
1: it... <laughs> a classic mistake but I do love how they ended up uh, solving the issue. I mean, they, you know, these these two characters usually nonviolent unless Rutherford activates his implant, I guess, and then and turns all of assassiny But then they they get in and and solve the Ferengi problem by uh, I don't know if you caught it they where they where they make this tube that looks like Rutherford's gonna fire like a rocket launcher, yeah. which I well, think must be a callback Gorn, to that Gorn episode. Uh, Kirk fight. <laughs> and it turns out yeah. it's a holographic projector, which
0: i can get behind a rudimentary cannon yeah it's a little stretchy but a rudimentary hollow projector like oh we we found these crystals and this light emitting fungi let's go how
1: does that work you know i i feel like at least in this episode brotherford and boimler have access to it looks like they like break into a crate or something and they feel like they have some tools (laughs) <laughs> you know what you know kirk just had the, the tree and that's and he just turned it into a i'm sorry somehow. this is
0: the point where my suspension of disbelief fails i'm i'm sorry <laughs> you went too far <laughs> lower deck
1: too far you you can't just have holo predictors coming out of tubes it, don't don't make no sense don't
0: make no sense sir you best go back to that rotten room and give it one more pass Uh,
1: honestly i love the way that they resolve this they they contrast it a lot to to the mariner method of solving things which is just often she just gets in there and beats the heck out of things Um, and i'm glad that they made that distinction there because you know what If, if if mariner is not black ops that she doesn't need to solve every single problem
0: yeah but i mean that comes up a lot you know whenever anybody else goes to solve a problem like i feel like her and tendy are the only ones that would immediately resort to violence you know
1: tendy yes (laughs) although yeah yeah
0: oh you're just supposed to transport us out of here (laughs) (laughs) that's right
1: has every single character had some kind of violent explosion except for uh, except for yeah, boiler, boiler. Maybe?
0: he's just chill all around, which is how we know he's <laughs> going to be the next great Starfleet captain.
1: Yes, of course. I mean, makes sense. So, but I do want to talk about <laughs> how
0: they resolve the issue. So they give yes. their uh, presentation, and they're like, "You can make a hundred and fifty percent more profits." But I'm like, yes. kind of. I need more details about their business plan. So it's a hundred percent, a hundred and fifty percent more profits. Is that over the course of the program? Like, how long was the Mugatu harvesting program going to last versus how long is the Mugatu habitat going to last? Because if it's 150% (laughs) more profits spread out over 20 years versus, you know, the 100% profits over two years, these Ferengi are getting into a bad deal. And, you know, based solely on their behavior in the episode, I think they're not thinking things through and they should take a second look at this business proposal.
1: Yeah, you know, the uh, the friend he does specifically mention it's going to take more time. Uh, more the, time, work. the amount of time needed. Uh, he says more time too, I think, right? I he don't says know. it's 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 could be, I think it's in there. But I mean, you're right, you know, he they don't it's not exactly clear how much time is is needed. But my main concern is you know, it's they they call it. Uh, you can see the sign being unfurled. First of all, the Ferengi's name is Kink. K Y N K, which is hilarious for its own reasons. Um, but then it's it, it, the sign says Mugato Land, and my my first thought was, you already have Mugatos in cages, and the slightest mishap caused all the gates to open and all the Mugatos to run free and murder a bunch of people. Possibly, like, are we ask are we just are we just gonna forget about like the Jurassic Park? you know movie in here if we're just gonna you know everything's gonna be fine well you know just uh would be, be peaceful don't
0: hire the lowest bidder to uh build your security software and you'll be fine
1: <laughs> i mean just don't let I feel like the Ferengi would do that into the park
0: you'll be okay
1: <laughs> what's like the ferengi equivalent of of nudry
0: um oh god i don't even know <laughs>
1: <laughs> i feel like the ferengi would go there though yeah, it would be, yeah. they would think it's cost effective I feel like it's only a matter of time until we come back to Muga- Kinks Mugato Land, and all of the Mugatos will be free, and everyone will be dead.
0: Yeah, he like hired you know Leck to be security and Brunt to be uh, <laughs> park management, and, you
1: know. <laughs> but let's let's go back to the Cerritos because there there's a lot of fun stuff happening there as well. Um, one thing I noticed with the Tendi side plot: Have you noticed Tendy has a medical coat? But she never wears it when she's on duty. She only wears it when she's like running around the ship doing weird medical stuff.
0: Yeah, she's got to differentiate herself. If she's in the med bay, you assume she's a doctor. But if she's just running around, you don't know. Maybe you got a stubbed finger. And you're like, oh shit, is this an astrometrics officer or a nurse practitioner? And you don't want to go to the astrometrics officer. Because they're going to be like, let me get my telescope. And you're gonna be like, oh,
1: <laughs> it's a good, it's a good observation. But yeah, maybe it's a thing. Like you, you know, if you're on, if you're on a medical assignment, and you're out of bait, put on this coat. That's the only way people will know the Doctor Crusher effect. Maybe yes. But you know, wh- one of the things that's actually bugging me about this whole season, and that comes up while Tendi is doing her thing, is that she interrupts a fight, a, a sparring match between Jet and Kayshawn just in order to scan jet why does and this jet gets you? knocked out why do you keep talking Keishan. about this <laughs> i want to know look what's kashan's job mike
0: he's a security what is job? officer you can have more than <laughs> on a ship. which
1: one so are there two chief of chiefs of security no, there's there's a chief you can't just leave this hanging there's
0: a chief of security and the uh what do you call him the the squall of security <laughs> or squaw of security the st-
1: <laughs> so which one is which?
0: Well, I mean, obviously Shaq's got his old job back. Why? Well, I maybe mean, maybe he because, got reincarn- you know, Kayshawn's first outing did not go well.
1: That is true. He just got immediately puppeted, and then it was bad news from there. Yeah,
0: and you know what? I think it's clear that his old ship didn't want him back.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I suppose that's true. But I still, I need answers. Keishon is has, he had this dramatic entrance. I strongly remember the scene where he pops out of the turbo lift, and it's all dramatic. And then he has his jokes about uh, Shaco and the Walls Fell, and then and he fails at women. Background character. And now what's his job? He's
0: just another less douchey jet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe he is douchey, but he just speaks a metaphor, so it's harder to recognize it.
0: Yeah, no. Oh, that guy seemed real nice. No, no, he's a total douche, but uh, you didn't notice <laughs> because, you know, Stigwar, his drawers full of dung, does not mean what you think it means. <laughs>
1: Yeah. so what about you what what kinds of things stood out to you
0: uh so bronze pineapple right off the bat what's the deal yes with the bronze pineapple that's that's all i need <laughs> to know
1: is that a reference to something or is it just this is just uh, random. i don't
0: know couldn't even begin to tell you pineapple being the uh international symbol of hospitality but don't take this the wrong way captain you aren't very hospitable <laughs>
1: Yeah, her attitude maybe is not the most hospitable of uh, of all the Starfleet captains. But yes, that's indeed a strange a strange object. I feel like they just needed to fill out a lot of the random stuff that she had on her shelves. And then you're like, you know what, pineapple.
0: And of course, you know the uh, alien scammer who gets found out at the end. Fantastic scene.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, what, so what is the what is a tractor factor? Yeah.
0: What is a tractor factor? I, I assume it's <laughs> like the. Uh, you know phaser settings <laughs> only it's tractor factor
1: so like whenever the captain tells you to tractor beam something you, does the officer in charge just have to like make a judgment call on which tractor factor well, i used? would
0: assume you always start with the lowest tractor factor and you work your way up from there i mean you're not going to go full <laughs> bore tractor factor if you have no idea what you're up against it's
1: a it's a uh good observation or, you know what
0: we don't we we don't really see what's going on on their control panels maybe clippy's down there in the corner being all like oh boy (laughs) this looks like a job for tractor factor four
1: no it's badgy badgy i'm sure has snaked his way i hope not jesus christ that
0: dude was a sociopath and i mean clippy was a sociopath too but at least he was confined to the desktop environment
1: that's that is true yeah great uh, that was a great little like i you could even call that a little c plot possibly all those teeny tiny enjoyed that shows uh yeah i i wish that um captain freeman was like a little bit more on her game but it does it does uh give her give, make for some funny scenarios hey, you know that's, what that's
0: not what everybody doing. can be a Jellico. <laughs> greatest captain that's in starfleet oh captain my captain
1: and your boy ransom was was on the ball he's like are we sure we want to do this and and uh captain freeman was like yes and you know what? You're, I think your boy was right. Yeah.
0: Uh, of course Ransom was right. It's his job as the first officer to be right.
1: <laughs> is that what his job yeah, is?
0: Yeah, uh, and I love the fact that uh Ransom makes what you think is a dig at his ex being a poisonous, carnivorous alien with the strength of 10 men. And then you realize <laughs> you've seen who he's dated before and you're like, maybe that's just an accurate mm. description.
1: Yes, he always goes for the, goes for these super deadly Yeah, aliens. for
0: the salt vampires? Yeah. Yes. Can you blame him? those sexy sexy salt vampire curves
1: <laughs> i don't think we've ever seen him successfully like date anyone on the show he's he, like he just has misadventures well, yeah you don't like, really uh, you don't Billups. really date
0: salt vampires you know it's a one and done you know yeah, yeah you give him the yeah, number but it's true. the wrong number
1: <laughs> and you know speaking of uh senior officers getting uh, getting trod on um, we have to talk about your your, uh, no, your romantic partner for Rutherford. Yeah, I think we do. Because Billups, you know, he can't even get his Zachary because...
0: Well, because his bartender is shitty.
1: <laughs> and you know what? Rutherford doesn't even care. I don't think there's a future with the uh, Rutherlips.
0: Yep. Nope, 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 nope. This is just a lull. It's going to come <laughs> back around. They're going to get their ship. It's going to be like a will they, won't they? gonna fly off into the frontier together. Keeping that thing in tip-top shape. <laughs> but a couple of a couple of uh other interesting things that i uh not big deals but just thought of stuff i thought was interesting starfleet yeah. totally doesn't do nefarious black ops except you know all those times it, it does that they do yes like literally
1: in the show yes
0: i love uh <laughs> boimler and uh rutherford's defense as to why they would believe that mariner was secretly black ops Because why else would a badass like her hang around with them? Uh, That is so (laughs) tragically sad. I know. Did you uh, catch the name of the shuttle that uh, they gave the guy?
1: What was it? Was it Yosemite Tree? No, Joshua Tree. What was it? Oh, Joshua Tree. Didn't we
0: previously see a sequoia? I think all of the California-class shuttlecraft are named after parks in California.
1: I think you're right.
0: Well, I mean, you don't have to think; you can know I'm right. I'm I'm always right.
1: Well, I'm I know that you're probably right. No,
0: not probably. Deaf.
1: <laughs> At least they got the shuttle back.
0: Eh, I could go either way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Take it or yeah, leave the shuttle. Yeah, I
0: mean, like it's it's a Voyager situation. I'm sure they've got like 50 of them stuffed somewhere.
1: You know, according to the MSD, there's like 12 shuttles. They have like a, a bunch of shuttles. Yeah. So I, to, I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they'll be okay.
1: You know, another random uh, bit that we've seen uh, on board, uh, on board the Cerritos, is the uh, Kizinti, um the fish people with the, or the fish people, fish people. The, cat the cat person people! with the fish ears yeah, from the uh,
0: <laughs> slaver weapon. Yes, that uh, never appeared again in upset. canon due to conflict with the Niven Estate. At least, uh, according to uh, old. What the hell am I looking for here? What do you call that? Conjecture.
1: According to fan conjecture, the
0: Zinti were never seen after their first episode because the Niven estate uh, would not allow it
1: yes i wonder what kind of uh, legal shenanigans they've pulled in order to get them and you know it's it's in the bar scene when they when they're drinking um at the start of the, of the episode um, and they make like whoever animated this made sure you saw this kazinti because there's several shots and reverse shots yes where the kazinti shows up like back to back so they very purposely yeah. put and it in may that. just
0: be a matter of they can use the visuals but they can't use the name or any other details about them
1: Like the visuals are unique
0: to Star Trek, but everything else was taken from Niven.
1: Yeah, that could that could make that could be it. That could be it. But it was very cool to see that. Or
0: maybe uh, they just said, "Damn the lawyers! We will do as we please."
1: (laughs) And you know what? We uh, also saw in that bar scene is the uh, board game that uh, uh, Boimler and uh, Rutherford were playing, and that they bring up back at the back of the episode. Um, It's the diplomacy board game. Um, hilariously called Diplomath, um, which I thought was amazing because the entire thing is about making sure that your numbers are just as sad as the other guy's numbers and thereby you win. It's
0: one of those games where the goal is not to win, but just to make sure that the other guy doesn't.
1: And you know, I was thinking, I was hoping actually that this board game was somehow a reference to something, but I, I did some some poking around and I can't see... Uh, This game show up anywhere else, so it could be original to Lower Deck. Yeah.
0: However, I suspect it will show up somewhere else. Uh, Give it a few months, and some entrepreneurial (laughs) spirit will put together all the tools you need to make your very own diplomat board game.
1: Although, to be honest, I can't say it looked that fun. But maybe they'll make a fun version. Who knows?
0: Well, I mean, we only saw a few seconds of it, so
1: who knows? Yeah, that's true. It's very, it's very colorful. At least it'll look good on your shelf while you're not playing it uh you know one more thing i wanted to touch on you're
0: always touching things stavros
1: i know i thought, I thought I like we to talked touch, about touch this. upon lots of things i
0: can't handle the cops coming by again
1: i will touch upon one further thing and that is the relationship between shacks and dr tana eh, are they an item
0: well obviously i mean you don't invite people back to your room in a very familiar manner
1: unless you're an <laughs> item or you're me <laughs> oh damn but no, they. I couldn't tell if this is maybe a one-off thing. And Shaxx like deadpans the look back, so I couldn't really tell. It's like he kind of like ex- he's kind of like expecting that. Oh, he looked into it, so they so, must have a relationship. Yeah, I'm assuming a relationship. Yeah, yeah. and you know, it's it's. I guess it's just a symptom of the main characters being in the lower decks. But darn it, I think we need to know about the senior officers' relationships too. I don't
0: think we really need to. I think uh, we've seen this already go awry too often in series. Do we really need <laughs> too a many relationships? Unrequited love between Picard and Crusher, or a weirdly inauthentic relationship between Seven of Nine and Jakote?
1: Let's uh, let's not. <laughs> get or a there.
0: creepy stalker relationship like Kirk and uh, Yeoman Rand.
1: You know what? I think all relationships need to be between a person and a candle. I'll just leave it there. Uh,
0: I I don't know what that means.
1: All candles from, uh, from Irish planets.
0: Oh my god! Anyways, <laughs>
1: <laughs> do we have more to talk about? Have we covered I, every single thing there is? I feel to say like we've said episode? more than
0: we should. I
1: I think that always happens in some way or another.
0: Yes, but uh, yeah, I feel like this is this is drawing to an end, um, which is probably a good thing because. Uh, I've had a few too many, and I probably shouldn't pour another one. So, uh, yeah, I think we need to uh, turn out the lights and call it a night. But, for those of you at home, you can catch us next week for our review of Episode 5. But in the meantime, if you can't get enough of Lower Dorks, you can follow us on Twitter, at Lower Dorks. Or you can stand sadly outside Stavros' window, the rain pouring down, until he takes notice. (laughs) And forgives you your past transgressions and invites you in for a warm cup of coffee.
1: As long as you're out there with the boombox, I think we can figure something out.
0: You're mixing your metaphors there, buddy. Our uh, references.